here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rat Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back in to the Nine Round Podcast with Pat. I'm Scott. Getting out of week seven, going into week eight. We're closing in on roughly the halfway point in the season. A lot of crazy things are going on. Injuries, waiver wire pickups coming out of the bipocalypse. Uh, did you survive the bipocalypse, Pat? No, actually, it's you know it's funny. I, I said to you last week on the podcast that I did a really good job. At least I felt like I did a really good job at lining up, you know, lining up my rosters to, to kind of survive. And I mean, I had startable players at, at each position and I didn't really have to kind of struggle to, to set a lineup, but man, the lineups I set were, they just, I, I did. Okay. There was actually a few leagues where I I'm, I'm like the second or third highest scoring team in the league, but maybe just bad luck. I, I ended up going against, it looks like what's going to be the highest scoring team in both of those leagues. Uh, that I mm-hmm. lost this week. So, uh, I mean, I guess it wasn't technically bipocalypse that killed me. It was more, I guess, just other guys. Uh, the one guy that I played, I don't think he had a single starter on by. I don't know how he pulled that off, but he pretty much was at full strength this week against me. So, and I, I still only lost by uh, less than a point. So, uh, yeah, I did it. I did the best I could, but uh, unfortunately didn't, didn't survive. How, how'd you make out this week? Uh, well, I mean, you know, three and oh. Um, uh, but we're not, we're not really keeping score here. Um, no, a lot of mine actually came from the other side of that. Like you said, where I really didn't have too much of an effect on my roster with people being out. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of folks picked up capable people, but sometimes you run into that point differential buzzsaw of, yeah, the other guy has a hot week or that one sub that they put in just had to be, you know, happened to be that guy that, that got the points. Obviously, we're going to talk about a little bit of that with the waiver wire. Um, you know, there was a, a backup running back in Cleveland that nobody really paid too much mind to, and he kind of dominated Thursday night. Maybe that was a little precursor uh, to, to the entire weekend based on the way things were going to go. You did see a few different names pop up that had been on the radar or weren't quite healthy enough coming out of training camp or waiting to get it, you know, back a little bit of their hitch and their giddy up, but but now it seems like they're coming on strong, and I think you're seeing the NFL teams, thus your fantasy roster, start to uh, start to pan out a little bit more, and, and I think uh, justify a lot of calls there that that you and I made, you know, preseason draft time, and and again as we go week to week. Yeah, I think uh, you know obviously there's stretches throughout the season where guys underperform or even overperform, and I think that a lot of times, especially in fantasy football, we get a little too caught up in the moment and don't really see the the big picture and you know one of those guys for example is aj brown we were talking about a little bit before the podcast you know the first you know five weeks of the season wasn't great but i think now the tennessee titans look like they're uh they're finding their identity on offense and realizing that teams have to try to stop derrick henry and and now that they're I guess their new offensive coordinator is realizing that they're they're using their play action game a little bit more advantageously for them. And and you're starting to see AJ Brown become the AJ Brown that he was last year. And you mentioned we make these calls, you know, preseason draft time, whatever. And uh, you know, some of them make you look really stupid and, and some of them make you look like a genius, but uh, the ones that, that you, you get wrong or that you feel like you get wrong sometimes they're not necessarily wrong. You just 
got to wait it out and give, give, you know, the players a chance to sort of play to their potential because, you know, you know, again, guys like AJ Brown, you know, that he's a super talented player and he's, uh, you know, he's going to get there and he's going to put points on the board uh, for your fantasy team. If you just stick with them long enough to sort of let the team figure out what it is that, uh, that works. Yeah. Uh, you were, you were higher on them than I was. I think you had them in the top 10 to close to the top five, uh, preseason with rankings. I think I had them kind of like middle, middle teens. And, and I know we went back and forth on that. And a lot of mine was, you know, it was injury based, maybe getting adjusted to a new scheme. And, uh, when you throw Julio Jones in the mix, you never know, obviously he's going to be a little bit of a, a target hog, uh, <laughs> in a good way, uh, for that offense. And then, you know, this team in the last week, the Tennessee Titans went from a team where it looked like maybe they were starting to fall apart a little bit with with a lot of changes and things. Suddenly, they found their identity real quick again, uh, Monday Night Football, and really took it to what some people had as a potential Super Bowl champ, at least a finalist with with Buffalo, and then to come right around and lay the smack down in the same week on Kansas City. Yeah, they're, they're going to run the football, run the football, run the football, and even if it doesn't get yardage, it keeps you honest, it opens up play action pass it opens up the rpo and yeah seeing brown healthy seeing you know julio out there and again that's that's what those guys are going to do uh, and if the defense plays well like they did uh, against kansas city who was playing from behind the entire game you know it's going to be uh it's going to be a long season for them they they really don't look like they <laughs> like they're uh having maybe uh, any shot at the playoffs at this rate because that division they're in is pretty tough too so uh just crazy how quickly you know things change after a, a year year and a half yeah, man, it's it's uh, they talk in the preseason, you, you you know, we watch a lot of, you know, football shows and, and things like that. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of, you know, which teams are going to turn over from year to year, which teams that were out of it are going to make the playoffs and which teams that were in the playoffs are going to be out this year. And it's hard to predict these drastic changes. Like, you know, you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, for example, they were last in that division last year. And now after seven weeks, they're not only first in their division, but first in the entire AFC uh, right now. It's one of those things where you, you can't always tell what's going to happen, but you do your best to, you know, look at the players, look at the situations, look at the coaching staffs and, and just try your best to, to make as, as educated calls as you can, which is basically what we do. We do here week to week and, you know, what we hope to give you a little bit more of today, hopefully, uh, making some educated calls on some players to pick up and some guys to start and sit for this week. Yeah, uh, looking at the stats, trying to take a look at the matchups. You know, sometimes go with your gut a little bit too, or, or uh, a true eye test of what what a team looks like. Obviously, we're a little uh, closer to home here, so we know what per se the Eagles and the NFC East looks like. Watching some of those games happen, but yeah, I, I think we're uh, we're doing pretty well. Uh, hopefully, you out there listening are as well, and. Uh, how about we just get right into it? Uh, week eight waiver wire, some injuries, a couple teams on the bye. We got the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so Lamar's going to sit this week. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders coming off a, a big home win against the Eagles. So you'd be missing a couple pieces uh, of your team, depending on where you're at, quarterback and, and wide receiver, running back and whatnot. Um, Mark Andrews at tight end sit for the week. Uh, who are you looking at uh, quarterback wise, Pat, coming off of uh, coming off of the bye and going into week eight? Well, the first guy that that jumps out at me, we kind of talked about last week a little bit as far as a pickup and stash. And I'm, I'm just going to mention him again real quick because he's still only rostered in about 26% of leagues. It's Carson Wentz from the Indianapolis Colts. I, I talked a little bit in the beginning of the year, and I know you you sort of 
agreed with the sentiment that when Wentz had his MVP, almost MVP season, the, the season that the Eagles won the Super Bowl 2017, Wentz had a really good offensive line. And Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator for Philadelphia that year. So he's back with Reich in Indianapolis and back behind a pretty solid offensive line. And I said going into this year that I believe that Carson Wentz was going to have uh, a, a comeback type, you know, comeback player of the year type year. Uh, he hasn't been that great uh, so far in the beginning of the year. The Colts have struggled a little bit, but I feel like Wentz is starting to uh, kind of like the Tennessee Titans, which is funny because they play this week, but uh, he's starting to hit his stride right now. And I think that um, they're starting to figure things out in Indianapolis. And I think that Carson Wentz moving forward, he's starting to find it with Michael Pittman. He's throwing the ball to the running backs out of the backfield. And they're both incredible athletes who can catch the ball and just pick up chunk yardage after the catch. Uh, T.Y. Hilton should be coming back. Yeah, I know that he had, you know, one game back and then, you know, sort of re-aggravated uh, his quad injury. But he it looks like he should be back again this week, which just gives him a, a, an added weapon moving forward. And uh, like I said on the podcast last week, Wentz's next three matchups are Tennessee, the Jets, and Jacksonville, which, you know, as good as Tennessee has been, they their defense, other than this week against Kansas City, has not been great. They've been giving up a ton of points. And, you know, the Jets and the Jags, the same. They're just, they're just not great defenses. So I really like Wentz moving forward for the next few weeks. And the more he wins and the better they do, I think the more confidence he's going to have and the better he's going to do throughout the seasons. I, I really think Wentz is a guy who towards the end of the year could, uh, could help you win a, a fantasy championship. If, if you pick him up now and, and put him on your roster. Yeah. i uh, big fan of the Bronco uh, LTVB for life. Uh, if you're a WIP listener to March and Reese midday. Um, but back in, uh, back in the day, yeah, Wentz was the guy that we all thought here in Philly was going to be the guy. Things didn't work out injuries, whatnot. Um, and he's no longer here, but yeah, to watch him turn back into what you thought he was going to be, uh, I think yes, he's a solid pickup. And Indianapolis started out a little, little murky. Uh, obviously, he was injured training camp, beginning of the year, the ankles and everything. But I mean, the Baltimore game should have been a win for them, and it wasn't. You know, they they did get outplayed, and the kicker had some issues. But yeah, looking at this next stretch of games, where yeah, they should really kind of get in there and dominate. Uh, even after that, you got Buffalo and Tampa Bay, um, which if they're competitive, if they're shootouts, if they're coming from behind, uh, he's probably going to be a major factor in that. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, Wentz is quietly going to probably finish. I, I won't be shocked if he finishes as a top 10 fantasy quarterback by the end of the year because he still has some of those legs left, too. So he can make the plays. I know he had the little goal line touchdown last night, um, and he always did that. He was always good for fourth and one, fourth and inches or, or goal line work to just pound that ball in there and get you, you know, a few touchdowns a season. So yeah, Carson Wentz uh, at this rate, he should be there. He might even be, if you have a weaker quarterback or you're streaming, uh, you may already have the idea. Pick him up. Carson Wentz should be a hot commodity uh, coming up soon. And speaking of hot, uh, not many people think of it other than the weather in Miami, but there is a quarterback it's Tua. Uh, you know, saw him hugging it out with Dan Marino uh, before the game. That was really awesome to see, uh, you know, that the, the support is there for this guy. And again, he's a top top five pick, you know, so people definitely want to 
give him the benefit of the doubt. Walking into Miami last year, didn't get a lot of playing time at the beginning. Eventually, Fitzpatrick seeded to him. And he had the usual rookie quarterback ups and downs, you know, skilled players getting adjusted, this, that, and the third. This year, similar stuff, uh, some injuries just to, to kind of get things rolling for him after it looked like he might be starting to make a little bit of a headway, unfortunately. But the last two weeks, he finished as, uh, in our league, he finished as QB 10. And this week, going into Monday night, he's currently QB 3. To see what he's done in the last few weeks is what people thought he was going to be, you know, with the potential. Um, granted, you're going against Jacksonville and Atlanta, two defenses that tend to cede points to the entire offense, let alone the quarterback position. Uh, next week will be a very interesting one going against Buffalo. Uh, he did not fare well against them earlier this year, and that was when he kind of got a little banged up. Um, but yeah, you got a little bit of a stretch there with some up and down teams coming up with Tua, uh, starting to show that he can use a little bit of mobility. Uh, he's not People just label him as a scrambling quarterback sometimes. He's really not. He'll run when he needs to, but uh, he does have the ability to just evade pressure in the pocket. I think he's starting to get a little bit of a rapport with Jalen Waddle via the Alabama connection. Kasicki's been a pretty good option for him as well downfield to help spread things out. And yes, there was a Miles Gaskin sighting over the weekend. <laughs> he is still alive and he is playing for the Miami Dolphins. I already dumped him in our league because he hadn't shown up for me, but it is good to see maybe they're starting to wake up a little bit. I know there's a lot of turmoil in Miami, coaching staff, uh, playoff aspirations coming out of last year and and things of that nature. But Tua right now looks to be a pretty solid week-to-week pickup, if not matchup-based. Again, tough time against Buffalo. Then he's got Houston, Baltimore, the Jets. Uh, you know, I, I think right now he's definitely going to probably be one of those guys who's going to be in the top 12, 13 by the end of the year. All right, so moving on to the running backs. We saw Baltimore get completely destroyed this week by Cincinnati. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, I may have erred in my uh, sits last week. Where, uh, having, I sat Burrow and I sat Jamar Chase. Just thinking, you know, first half started a little bit there. And it was like, yeah, your old AFC North going to be a grind them, low score. And I was working and yeah, suddenly my phone was exploding in my pocket with updates about Jamar Chase already being the rookie of the year and, and Joe Burrow <laughs> throwing for, I think, did he throw for 700 yards in the game? Did he? It was close. It was close. <laughs> it was something like that for something, but it was close to 700. Huge but yeah, so, <laughs> well, the reason that it got out of hand was because Latavius Murray sat out and, you know, he's their, their workhorse running back, so. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But we we do want you to uh, we do want you to go out and pick up Latavius Murray because of the injury this week and or excuse me last week and the buy coming up this week. A lot of teams, a lot of um, fantasy managers may have dropped Latavius Murray. He's currently only owned in 37% of leagues. If he is out there on your waiver wire, you need to go get him. I know that we mentioned his name a little bit last week as well. Baltimore. I know that they're passing the ball a lot more this year than they have last year, but they are still a team that wants to run the ball and they don't want to continue to do it with Lamar Jackson. I know Jackson is good getting out of the pocket, but you don't, you know, watching these Baltimore games, you don't see Lamar Jackson doing as many of the designed runs as he had in previous years. The the rushing yards that Jackson picks up are called pass plays where either guys aren't open or, you know, the pocket breaks down and there's pressure and then he scrambles out and picks up those yards on broken pass plays. They're not designed runs. The Baltimore Ravens want to run the ball with their running backs. 
And when Latavius Murray is healthy and he should be coming back in week nine after the bye, he is definitely their number one running back. And running backs are still the hot commodity in fantasy football. And you need to make sure that you have guys who are going to get touches on your roster. And Murray is definitely a guy who's going to get touches when he's healthy. Yeah, I think we've had him on the radar most of the season. And like you said, he may have gotten dropped and the carousel that is the running back position right now in in Baltimore. Yeah, Murray, you know, again, we talked about it. He's never been the most explosive, but he's always been fairly consistent. He's been a, a treble level guy for you when he was in, when he was with the Raiders, when he was with Minnesota, when he was with Sam, uh, the New Orleans Saints. And to see him do that now in a little bit more of a limited capacity because, yeah, Lamar is – QB slash RB1 for them, uh, but he's definitely somebody who should be involved and, and should be on your roster. Speaking of running backs filling in for injury, uh, there is word that Nick Chubb should be back this week, uh, although we'll see in what capacity he's back. Uh, we know Kareem Hunt's out for an extended period of time, and there was a gentleman who was available on the waiver wire uh, to pick up going into Thursday night, Dearness Johnson, who had a couple you know, blips on the radar last season, just as a couple plays, people knew he was out there and they know Cleveland's a run heavy, run first, run second kind of offense. Uh, and he went out on Thursday night against a pretty good Denver Broncos team, especially against the run. And he just kind of had his way with them. I mean, he ran for 146 yards and a touchdown, made a couple catches out of the backfield. Currently in our league, he is the RB3. The Ernest Johnson is somebody where even if Chubb comes back with Hunt being out, they were a one-two punch at running back. Uh, sometimes a one and one a not so much hot hand, but they're just that, they're dedicated to that. And even with the injuries that they had on the offensive line going into the week, same thing. People thought they might try to revert. They just said, no, nope, we're going to play the same game that we always play. And they did. And they dominated uh, Denver at, at certain points of the game and then really kind of closed them out late. But uh, Dearness Johnson is somebody that if you didn't get him last week and somehow he's still available and you're at the front of the waiver wire line where you have that fab budget, even if you're not a Chubb owner, definitely worth picking up because you can see the potential there if he ends up being the running back one by himself. Chubb has something lingering, can't play. He definitely is that guy. The reason Chubb got picked first round sometimes as a top five running back is because of what you saw. Uh, this guy definitely shows the potential of Dearness Johnson to be the same player. If he's available, don't even hesitate. Knock people out of the way. Go get them. Pick them up. Yeah, like you said, Cleveland is one of only two teams actually in the NFL who have actually run the ball more than they've passed it so far this year. And that has been their MO, and that's going to be who they are. I mean, especially if Baker Mayfield continues to miss his sh shoulder injury. I think, like you said, even if Chubb is back, and this, this isn't just a go out and pick up Dearness Johnson if he's available, because he's probably not available in most leagues. He's, he's rostered in 76% of leagues. But if you have him, do not drop him just because Chubb is back. Like Scott said, if Chubb re-aggravates his injury or if you know he's a game-time decision and they decide to hold him out because Johnson did such a good job last week, you know, sort of carrying the load, they're, they're willing to, to give him another, you know, another go at it. They, they do have a much tougher matchup this week against Pittsburgh, but if he's going to get a majority of the carries, he needs to be in your lineup. So, so hold on to Johnson, go pick him up. If he's available, hold on to him until, you know, and, and I would hold on to him until Kareem Hunt gets back. Because like you said, I do think that, you know, part of what Cleveland does so well is they don't wear their running backs out 
and mm-hmm. which is why they're so effective at the end of game still. Unfortunately, the, the next guy that we're going to talk about also is going to be thrust into a bigger role because of injury uh, on our beloved Eagles. The injury to Miles Sanders looked didn't look terrible. It looked like a, a, a rolled ankle, um, you know, probably just a, an ankle sprain. But as we know, depending on how sprained it is and where it's at, these things can tend to linger for a little while. And, and there's a decent chance that Miles Sanders could miss uh, this upcoming game against Detroit. If that is the case, even if it's not the case, we've been on picking up Kenneth Gainwell now for what? How many weeks have been we've been doing this? Eight weeks? Yeah, even preseason, I, I think we talked a little bit about yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gainwell is definitely a guy that needs to be rostered, not just in, in case of injuries, but he's the team's leading receiving back. Uh, he gets a lot of work at the goal line. He's just, he's a valuable piece. He's he's not a, a, a Dalvin Cook or, or you know, even a, a Daryl Henderson per se. He's not a guy who you're going to count on every single week. But like we said, running backs are gold. And in these weeks where guys are getting injured and, you know, teams are on by and things like that, you're going to need depth at the running back position to get through these weeks. And Gainwell's a guy that provides that for you at a, at a point where even if he's not great, he's not going to kill your, your team. No, hundred uh, percent. I, I drafted him in our league because I, you know, being a little bit local, I'd heard a lot of good things about him coming out of college and figured, hey, uh, I know some people, myself included, weren't high on Miles Sanders coming into the season. And you can never tell maybe what was going on, new coaching staff with the Eagles. Uh, we see what the Eagles are. And right now they're, they're a struggling team, offensively, defensively, uh, in all phases. To see an injury like this happen to Sanders, ironically, and unfortunately, as he was starting to have what looked like maybe a decent game, right now they're saying low ankle sprain, which is better than the high, possibly a two to four week type of recoup, depending on the severity of it. I know they were doing an MRI today. And yes, you do have Boston Scott on the roster. You saw him come back. Uh, Jordan Howard had been like the practice squad guy kind of hanging around and, and you never know, they could maybe make Eagles could make a trade. I mean, that's one thing with Harry Roseman, love him or hate him. If he thinks he's going to do something to try to better the team um, and it's out there and available to do, uh, you know, we've heard like the Marlon Max being mentioned to every team because he's a good running back in a bad spot, yada, yada. Um, but with Gamewell, you do see he has, uh, he's multifaceted. He can, he can play out of the backfield. He's not meant to be a between the tackles guy. And that's yesterday. If you saw, they were trying to run him like that. And he's just not that guy. He's got to pop it outside get to that second level that way. And he's definitely a pass catching threat out of the backfield. He scored a touchdown. Uh, he's had a couple games like that this season. Eagles look like they're going to be trailing or, or against teams that give away yards. I mean, the next couple games, you figure they're at Detroit. Uh, that could be a call it a shootout, uh, so to speak, that might establish the running back position just as a whole. Uh, they're going to play the Chargers who might come into Philly and blow them out, which means a lot of garbage time. Look, even if your team's gar- if your team's garbage in the pros, that's that's diamonds in the rough and, and beautiful things for you as a fantasy owner. I mean, look at the Detroit Lions. You know, they're competitive. They're they're not winning any games. So you'd say, oh, well, they're a bad team. But if you look at some of their skill players, uh, they're some of the top of the pops when it comes to some of these things. I mean, yeah, DeAndre Swift is one of the best running backs in fantasy football right now. Jamal Williams has been a nice little asset to have. Uh, we're going to touch base on some of the other skill players in just a minute. But if you look at a Kenneth Gamewell, he is a guy that I think you need to have on your roster. Whether, again, whether it's not a handcuff issue right now, he's going to be RB1 at least for the next two weeks, possibly a little bit longer. 
multi-dimensional running back get him on your roster if you don't already have him and and again i think you'll enjoy he could be a solid flex for you in the next couple of weeks all right any more running backs that you want to talk about before we move eh. to wide receiver or Nah, nothing crazy. I mean, you know, obviously Josh Jacobs got hurt in the same game. Maybe keep your eye. I know Kenyon Drake seems like he kind of started to figure out that offense a little bit, and he's probably rostered. Don't forget about Peyton Barber. I know he's out there, and he had a nice game uh, when he had to fill in back in the day. So, you know, maybe just keep things monitored. Uh, now, as far as injuries go, that's sometimes one of the best places to look. Uh, maybe you're not looking for the direct backup to a running back. You might be looking for the third stringer. And I know it sounds horrible, but with the running back by committee, with the timeshares, with the way things go, once that guy, once somebody gets hurt, everything moves around and readjusts. So always pay attention to those injuries. Uh, again, whether it's your team or not. And if you have roster space and you can pick somebody up for a week, again, the Dearness Johnson, some people might've been like, ah, yeah, well, you know, we'll see what happens. And he probably won a week for a lot of people. Uh, Gainwell is going to be a guy. You know, we're talking about that. Latavius Murray, these are guys that you'll want to have involved, you want to have on your roster. So, again, it, whether it's for your team or keeping them away from somebody else. Yeah. So, speaking of the other Detroit skill players, uh, we mentioned last week uh, as, a, as a good pickup, Amon Ross Aiden Brown. Uh, not quite sure what happened in the game this week. He, uh, <laughs> I think Brown, it was Jalen Ramsey happened. Possibly, <laughs> it's, I mean, it is possible. But St. Brown didn't didn't really uh, he didn't even get a target in that game. And and the fact that the Lions were were throwing the ball uh, quite a bit and not throwing it to St. Brown at all was was a bit concerning and and a little bit confusing. But uh, you know they targeted T.J. Hawkinson and Khalif Raymond quite a few times. The last two games, he's actually got 15 targets, 12 receptions for 152 yards. And uh, that's actually, he's third on the team in targets behind just Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. And Detroit is one of those teams, like you just said, they, they're losing games, they're trailing. I think that this game against the Rams, strangely enough, was the first game where Detroit actually took an offensive snap with a lead all season. So they're always coming from behind. They throw the ball a ton. It's just one of those things where you want to get the pass catching options. They're not going to be, you know, you're not picking up a, a solid player on a solid team, but as Scott and I both know, as Jalen hurts owners, sometimes those garbage time points pile up and they're, I mean, they count just the same as, as any other points. So having guys like Khalif Raymond and Amon Ross St. Brown on your team just helps when you know that if you're struggling at a certain position or you're, you're hitting these bye weeks or, or what have you to, to get a wide receiver option for a team who passes the ball potentially, you know, close to 40 times a game. I think Detroit passes the ball 39.4 pass attempts per game. They're actually sixth in the league at pass att in pass attempts per game. You know, a lot of those targets do go to Hawkinson and Swift, but the, they have to target the wide receivers on the outside as well. And, and Raymond seems to be sort of Jared Goff's go-to guy, at least the last few weeks. So, you know, picking up him, picking up Amon Ross St. Brown, just guys that you can have on the end of your bench that, that might be able to, uh, fill in for for an injury or for a bye week. Yeah, I think uh, I think Khalif Raymond is definitely a solid pickup going into the next couple of weeks. A nice bye week replacement, uh, maybe a solid flex, getting you know, like that twelve to fifteen with a touchdown thrown in there type of 
type of player. Again, I, I don't think he's going to win a week for you, but he, he could be the the guy that takes out the other guy's flex position in, in your favor. Another uh, wide receiver to talk about, and I know that I think, Pat, you mentioned them last week. And beginning of the year, there was a lot of talk about this player for the Baltimore Ravens and Rashad Bateman. Obviously, we know that Marquise Brown, Hollywood, is the the top guy there. He had another solid week, 19 points in our league. But you do see some big playability, and I think it's going to take a few minutes. There was talk of Bateman and Lamar Jackson having a nice rapport uh, coming out of training camp. Then, you know, there was an injury. He had to sit out for a little bit, and he just started to make his way back in. So he was 3 of 6 for 80 yards. Uh, That was good enough for 11 points in our league. Um, so again, it looks like he has the ability to make the play. I think you're going into a bye week, which is almost a perfect situation for Baltimore to you know have that extra time to come out and play together, do the practicing, get the timing down, and being able to spread that ball around is only going to benefit Baltimore. Rashad Bateman is he was drafted to be one of those top guys, possibly the next better receiver that they have. You see Brown stepping his play up. Mark Andrews is a is a force at tight end. He's a top five right now. Going into a bye coming out, they got Minnesota, then they got Miami and Chicago. So Baltimore might look to uh, get the ball in the air, especially a little shootout against Minnesota, who's another good passing team. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we did mention him last week. And I think, he, again, some of the guys that we're talking about now are not guys that you're going to pick up and put right into your starting lineup, but guys who are, you know, from watching and, and kind of seeing things progress, you can kind of tell who's the next, maybe not superstars, but the next complimentary players are going to be. But I think by the end of the year, there's, there's going to be a few games where Bateman ends up being the wide receiver one, you know, for, for that particular game, as far as fantasy points, um, maybe even targets and, and things like that as, as Lamar Jackson gets more comfortable with him. Another guy who's been doing that recently on a very good offense has been Van Jefferson for the Los Angeles Rams. He's only about 6% owned. And that's probably mostly because everybody who follows fantasy football in any capacity knows that Cooper cup is you know, by far the most dominant wide receiver in fantasy football this year. I know, Scott, you had Robert Woods on your team this year, and and he sort of started the year as a disappointment. And, you know, he's had a few decent games here and there. He had that one big, I think it was 12, 12 catches for 150-yard game. But, you know, Cubs definitely the guy. He's the number one. But Jefferson has been slowly seeing more and more snaps. He's currently tied for third on the team with Tyler Higby with 33 targets and his 14.5 yard per reception and three touchdowns on the year in the limited work that he's had make him the sort of the big play threat. I know that coming into the year, there was a lot of talk about Deshaun Jackson having, you know, uh, the opportunity to have some big plays. And he did have that, that, that big touchdown in week one, but I think that the, the Rams are starting to look at Jefferson as more of their big play guy. And I think that uh, again, if you're in a pinch and you got some guys injured or, or on by or whatever the case is, I think that you could throw Jefferson in your lineup as a kind of a Hail Mary and hope that, you know, he gets one of these games where he does, you know, pick up three or four catches for 80 yards and touchdown. I think maybe you start to see Woods become the the wide receiver three. I think Jefferson has that youth and that ability to kind of slide into that spot. Uh, and, and it's not anything that you shouldn't even try to do. Get him on your roster. And again, one injury to that team. Cooper Cup goes down, God forbid. He's had some hiccups in the past with injuries. 
Uh, suddenly, Van Jefferson's a wide receiver two, bordering a wide receiver one, uh, because we know they're going to pass that football in L.A. Take a look, a little bit of a flyer. There's a lot of injury issues maybe in with the New York Giants right now. And a guy who had been on the radar a few years ago and then suddenly fell off with the San Francisco 49ers, Dante Pettis has put together a nice couple of weeks for them. And that team, Giants are just a weird team. They're not a good team, but the last couple of weeks, they've looked better with backups in some spots. They, they came out and just smoked Carolina. I don't know what the hell happened with that, but uh, you know they, they really just kind of put it to them. And, and you see him starting to become a little bit of, you know, a player for that team. And some of these guys that are young up and comers and then they fall off, they need to find the right team, the right situation to be in. And he came off the practice squad uh, this past week. He five catches on five targets. So he sure handed 39 yards at a touchdown. Daniel Jones is going to look around and say, you know what? I can trust that guy. And he's going to use them to get first downs, big plays when they need them, things of that nature. Now I know a lot of these guys are going to come back from injury or Kadarius Tony looked nice. At the end of the day, I think he's a guy who maybe just pick up. He's probably available in most of your leagues. It wouldn't hurt to have him for a week or two and just see if he becomes a little bit more involved in the offense because if the quarterback likes you, he's going to make sure you're on the field and he's going to make sure he gets you the ball. Yeah, and speaking of the Giants and targets, uh, moving in right into the tight end position, uh, the only real tight end that uh, I saw doing my research as far as uh, you know, potential waiver wire pickups was Evan Ingram. Ingram hasn't really had any great games so far this year, but looking at the target count, he has picked up some targets. He he missed week one and week two due to injury, but since week three, since he's been back, he's averaging 5.8 targets a game, which is uh, top 10 in the league at tight end. And like I said, I know he hasn't done a ton with them, uh, but this week he had an okay stat line. He had eight targets, six catches for 44 yards. I know that's not anything you know, wonderful, but considering the the tight end landscape in fantasy football, you could definitely do a lot worse than 5.8 targets per game. Looking down the the list of tight ends with less targets per game, uh, you see guys like Jared Cook, Zach Ertz, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, Dawson Knox. I mean, all these guys who, you know, Dawson Knox was the, you know, the waiver wire pickup of, of the month uh, recently. And I'm not saying that Knox isn't, uh, you know, a good play because he's tied to a fantastic offense, but Knox is only averaging four and a half targets per game while Ingram is averaging 5.8 targets a game. So the Giants offense is not anywhere near what Buffalo's is. I'm not saying that I would, you know, rather have Ingram over Dawson Knox. What I'm saying is if you're hurting at the tight end position, if you're struggling to find somebody, if you need a bi-week replacement for, you know, you got Andrews and Waller out this week uh, with their buys, Ingram's a guy you can pick up and, and start. And again, he, he may not win you the week, but he's probably not going to lose you a week either. He's, he's going to be a guy who's going to get you, you know, a steady eight to 12 points. And, you know, if he, if he pulls down a touchdown, that's gravy. And if he doesn't, you know, you're still, you're still probably sitting somewhere around nine points or so. Yeah, no, I, I one other tight end, just to uh, keep in mind, you know, again, obviously a lot of people stream out there and this offense did just have a bit of a day. Uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm going to probably butcher it, and my apologies to him because he's a he's a pretty decent player. Uh, CJ Uzoma, who last year you started to see, I think uh, I think it was last year you started to see a little bit of action, and he got hurt, if I'm remembering the right year. Um, 
this year, uh, he seems like he's become a little bit more involved in the offense, especially in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, with three good wide receivers, one being probably rookie of the year, quarterback really looking around the field, like watching the Cincinnati Bengals become basically a legit NFL team after years and years of not being one. Uh, this guy seems like he's gotten just more and more involved in the offense and being able to spread the ball around, being a guy who, you know, consistently, you know, call it what it is, maybe getting open or, or being that guy to do a little pass protection and then pop out and, and be an option to help move the football. Granted, he hasn't been targeted a ton. Uh, I mean, looking at this, it's only been targeted about 19, 20 times, but his catch rate is, is ridiculous. He catches basically everything. It's almost 90% getting 15 yards, basically a play. And then, of course, the magic number is touchdowns. He's already got five. And that puts him tied for fourth in the league right now with a little bit of a, a log jam there. And I know we thought, we just mentioned Dawson Knox being one of those guys that a lot of people poo-pooed as a pickup. This guy quietly is gaining some traction. I think CJ Uzoma uh, looks to become a little bit of a, I don't want to say focal point, but if this offense is trying to get dynamic and just make plays and move the ball and not be selfish. Uh, the five touchdowns kind of jumps out at me a little bit, and he's had two games with two touchdowns. So it definitely shows that he is uh, an integral part at times of this offense. And if they're able to put up what they did in Baltimore, is not your father's Baltimore defense on the Ravens, but if they were able to put up that four 16 or whatever it was with, with Burrow and, and just shred him, I, I think he's a guy that it definitely should be considered a roster spot, especially in a stream and, and with a good matchup. I mean, they're going to be going against uh, the Jets, who, you know, can be a little bit tough on passing teams. And again, a lot of that just reflects the fact that teams run them into the ground. But uh, CJ Uzoma uh, is definitely a player to watch, possibly pick up. Maybe just if you got that space, put him at the bottom of the roster and, and hang on to him. He, he might be worth something in a, in a week or two. Yeah, if that offense stays as hot as it has been recently, he definitely is a guy that you could spot start for. Like, like I said, we're we're talking a lot about bye weeks and and injuries and stuff like that because that's kind of the what's going on right now. But yeah, a guy like that, yeah, he de he definitely gets some deep targets each game and seems to be making the most of of those targets. So yeah, he's he's a guy that you can you can take a shot on if you need to. And I heard uh during the broadcast this weekend that apparently the Bengals uh coaching staff has this I guess it's like a, a they when they rewatch the tape on uh Tuesday or Monday, whatever I think it's Monday that they they go back in and rewatch the, the game footage. Uh if you get tackled by the last defender, you owe the <laughs> the entire team 15 push-ups right then and there, like right as you know, as the game tape is is being played. So these oh, guys wow. are, are are you know they're they're having they're, fun. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and I mean, Azoma apparently doesn't like push-ups because this guy is busting through people to get into the end zone five times. So, uh, you know, it's working for them. So, I, yeah, he's definitely a guy that I would I would pick up and and start in a, in a pinch if necessary. Well, looks like the waiver wire has been picked clean uh, at least for this week. And and I guess what are we going to talk a little a little stardom set them? Let's do it, man. Uh, how we how we doing? By the way, we look, I, I I know I like I said I should bet I had. <laughs> My bad. Sorry, Cincinnati. Love you guys. You're the best. No, I mean, um, other other than the um, other than the Chase and uh, Burrow, you know, little big debacle, uh, debacle yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> you did pretty well for the rest of the week. I think I think, you know, same as we did the last week, five and five. I think I am five and four right now because I still have Gerald Everett tonight. So for my own personal sake, hoping he has a stinker so I can finish six <laughs> and four and, and beat you. Not the week, personal but... Gerald, but <laughs> you can just kind of take the play off there. Yeah. Uh, but 
yeah so you know like i said we you know these are these are these are flex sort of you know end of your bench decision options that we're giving you so we feel like 50 50 is is about right it's you know we're we feel like we're 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 doing a, a fairly decent job so and like i said you know i go through i know when i go through when i look at my start sets I, i'm trying really hard to stay away from the obvious guys you know the the top say six quarterbacks and top 12 wide receivers and running backs like you know like i said we're not going to tell you to start dalvin cook if he's healthy that's an obvious i at least i know i go into it trying to make a decision that i might have to make in a league that i'm in or or a league that one of our listeners is in you know is this a decision i'm I'm thinking between this guy and that guy which guy would i start and so that's the way i make my start sits you know sometimes there are some obvious ones out there and sometimes you feel like they're obvious and you get them wrong and that's just the way that it is but this week i'm going to go with uh as my quarterback start for this week i'm going to go with Kirk Cousins versus the Dallas Cowboys, like I do pretty much every other week. Anybody starting against the Cowboys, the Cowboys have been turning teams over a little bit more this year, um, but Cousins hasn't been really turning the ball over. He's only got two interceptions on the year. Uh, you know, that may change going into to this game, but I still think that either way, it's going to be a high scoring game. It's a 53 point over under, which means both teams are, are slated to score. I know Dallas is a favorite by a few points, but nothing where. Uh, you know, the, the Minnesota implied point total is, you know, ridiculously low and Kirk Cousins has great receivers. Uh, it looks like, I believe Dalvin Cook should be back this week, but even if he's not, Alexander Madison has done a really good job um, running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield for them. So in what could be a very high scoring game and what should be a very high scoring game, according to the, the Vegas sportsbook lines, uh, I'm taking Kirk Cousins versus the Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's a solid matchup. Uh, I'm going with somebody, and I, he, he's probably you're going to start him more than likely again, unless he's a, a backup on your team. But uh, let's say you have a Tom Brady uh, and, and you know players of that nature, and, and sometimes you you got to look at some of the matchups. And and I think that Jalen Hurts uh, against Detroit, if you're debating it or if you're streaming, and sometimes maybe in like a, a more shallow league, you're you're just picking through people. I'm really looking at him, and, and I, the biggest thing that really jumps out with me is, is yardage-wise, yeah, he's not up there. He's not passing the ball really well. You see the eye test on the field. And we talked about garbage time and things of that nature. Now, when it comes to the part of a quarterback now that makes them a little more dynamic in fantasy football is the rushing ability. I mean, Lamar Jackson's tops with 480. Uh, Jalen Hurts is second with 361 yards. He's tied for rushing touchdowns with quarterbacks with Sam Darnold with five. He's only had four interceptions and one fumble loss. I know turnovers were a question coming out of last year as well as accuracy. Um, and again, if he can get the passing yards up, right now Hertz is averaging 27 points. Right now he's averaging over 50 yards a game rushing. He's on pace for 12 rushing touchdowns and 876 yards, which – is massive. And again, the Eagles may stink and he may not look good as the quarterback. Not going to argue that point right now, but I'm going to say as far as fantasy goes, that's pretty good. Again, you're looking at some of these guys that are top of the pops and you're looking at Brady and Murray and Stafford. Pat Mahomes looks mortal. Right now he's QB5 in our league and he's probably that high, possibly even higher maybe than others that, that award points to quarterbacks for this, that, and the third. I know Josh Allen was on a bye, so that kind of cuts into it. Um, but yeah, he's, he's actually moved ahead of of Lamar Jackson in that in that concept for at least for right now, I think J Jalen Hurts is 
a no-brainer. And at the beginning of the year, I was high on him, at least in fantasy. I was higher on him in the real games, too. Uh, but to see him jump out and be as dominant as he is in fantasy, even in the garbage time, he's a no-brainer start against Detroit. He should be your QB. He's going to be a QB two or three in points by the end of the year. Yeah, I hope you're right, because I have a ton of Jalen Hurts in most of my league. So I hope, I hope you are correct, sir. <laughs> well, you know, once in a while, I, I, I tend to 50% be right. 50% of the time. Uh, <laughs> I'm I, like I, I say it all the time. I'm not always right. I'm just never wrong. So yeah, exactly. you know, there's a bit of a difference there. Uh, who is who is riding the pine for you this week? Well, again, I, I don't know that necessarily you'd be starting this guy, uh, in, you know, in a regular league, but he has been doing well lately. So I kind of threw him into the mix of quarterbacks that I could select for my start sets and a decent game this week uh, against the Jets. But next week against the Los Angeles Chargers, I am going to sit. Mac Jones, the Chargers are fifth best versus the QB and third worst versus the running backs. And as we saw with the Jets this past week, when New England needs to run the ball and the, you know, the game script, or I shouldn't say the game script, but the the game plan calls for running the ball. New England is not afraid to do that. Bill Belichick is going to attack you at your weakest point and the Chargers weakest point is and has been their run defense. They're dead last in the league at giving up yardage to running backs. They've given up eight touchdowns so far on the ground versus only nine passing, which seems fairly even. But a lot of the other teams in the league are, you know, teams like the New York Giants, uh, six rushing touchdowns versus 14 passing. The Bears, five rushing touchdowns versus 14 passing. So most teams are passing the ball to score. But against the Chargers, the way to score seems to be to run the ball. So I think that the Patriots are going to continue to run the ball. And I think that could be a big week for for running backs for new england but i I just don't like mac jones uh against the chargers this week i don't think he's going to try to put mac jones in a position to lose that game for him and and get him to involve so yeah he may not look horrible but he's not going to get you you know maybe maybe more than 15 points it'd probably be uh, like a a low end just hand the ball off and control that i don't i totally see what you're saying with that I am sitting a guy that I was high on picking up this week. Ironically, uh, we're going back to Tua, and I know he had a nice couple of games. Uh, you're going to go up against the Buffalo Bills coming off a bye and a bad loss against Tennessee. Uh, this is a division game. They slapped him around pretty hard, and again, they knocked him out for a couple of weeks in their last meeting. Uh, so you're getting the second part of that division game done. Again, I, I think he'll have – I think it's going to be almost a similar concept, at least for Miami, where – if they're smart, they're going to try to keep the ball away from Josh Allen, do what they can to kill clock, drive, try to keep the ball. They're low scoring, all, all the little bells and whistles that that you try to do against teams. Um, again, not easily done, uh, but you do see where, again, they're, they're really going to probably struggle in this game. And even if he's passing to get back into it, you could see some action garbage time, but I just don't see Tua uh, putting up the numbers he has put up in the last couple of weeks where... Uh, you know, he, he's put up 25 and 35 points and, and really tore it up. Yeah, he shredded the Falcons. That's not hard. I don't see him shredding the Bills and they're number one against the quarterback at this point. Yeah, I, I would definitely find a better option for this week. Again, keep him on your roster. Don't drop him if you don't have to. But I'm sure if you're streaming or you have maybe that backup with a, a more favorable matchup, I just feel like it, it would be time to sit to it for this week. Definitely agree with that one. So who are you going to start at, at running back? Uh, well, I'm going with a guy that I picked up off the waiver wire a couple of weeks ago and finally got him into my starting lineup. He actually had a decent game against 
Tampa Bay. And I know a lot of that was based on game script and garbage time and things of that nature, but you still don't usually run a lot on Tampa Bay. And to me, Khalil Herbert, uh, I know Damian Williams was back off of COVID list and he got a little bit involved, but I think right now, Khalil Herbert to me is a little bit too, too much of the hot hand right now for, uh, for the Chicago bears. And I mean, he's shown his ability to even make some plays out of the backfield. I think he's kind of just jumped past anything that Damian Williams is going to bring and, and almost as more, he's not, but he's almost as more of the David Montgomery role. And I think it's good to have Williams behind him because that's where he's at. You're not going to lean on him and push him. Uh, you know, he's had a little bit of a quad issue. And, and again, coming off that list, if he was sick, he may not be hundred percent, things of that nature. But I think Khalil Herbert is starting to establish himself as a little bit of a, a player. Uh, you know, obviously these guys get drafted in the hopes that they can, make the roster and play and be a contributor to the team and to see what he's done in the last couple of weeks uh, has been absolutely what you, what you hope to get out of a waiver wire stash and things of that nature going up against San Francisco. They're at home this week, the bears uh, they just got beat up a little bit at home. I know it was a muddy, ugly game, but the, the Colts kind of just had their way with them running the football and, and dominating the line of scrimmage. So, you know, now you got to go on the road after a tough loss, a little bit of a short week and, yeah, yeah, they're going to try to tee off maybe on on Justin Fields a little bit, but it looks like Herbert's a legit player right now. And, you know, with the volume that they're giving him, he basically had almost 200-yard games back-to-back rushing. Uh, he had 75 yards with his first extended. Uh, he definitely, I think, is going to be a force for here on out until at least Montgomery gets back as long as he's healthy. So Khalil Herbert against the Niners is my start of the week for running back. Pat, where are you, where are you leaning? I know you kind of gave a little teaser there earlier. Where are you heading running back-wise? Yeah, I, I I'm sticking with the Chargers game. I'm I'm gonna start Damian Harris. I know that you know he's probably at the point now where he's almost a, a fixture in your lineup. So maybe maybe this isn't as helpful as you know I I might think it is. But he's had you know really good two games. He he just had a hundred yard game. Uh, two excuse me. He just had two back to back hundred yard games with at least a touchdown. Uh, and I think that that is a possibility for a third straight week of 100 yards and a touchdown for Harris. It's, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not going to say the same thing that I just said, but uh, in order for New England to stay in this game against that high power Chargers offense, they're going to have to slow the game down, run the ball. Like you said, keep the ball out of Herbert's hands the best they can. And, um, and I think that they're going to do that. And I think that Harris is going to be the benefactor from you know, again, maybe 18 to, to 20 rush attempts, um, you know, along with some other guys, but Harris is, is the main guy there. So I think he's the one that, that uh, you want in your lineup. As far as not starting this week, I, I know for a lot of people, they've been up and down on them. Pat, I know you've dealt with it. I have been in one of my leagues. I'm just not feeling the Antonio Gibson. I know it was reported that he has a shin fracture that he's playing through. So, you know, that's not good. Uh, a little banged up throughout the season, going up against the Denver Broncos in Denver, I believe. And it's the, you know, they're number eight against the running back right now. This is also the McKissick boom week that you would normally see based off of volume and play script. Again, I think all signs point to uh, sit Antonio Gibson this week. How about you, Pat? Who are you sitting? So for my sit, I'm going to go with James Conner for the Arizona Cardinals to get Green Bay on Thursday night this week. And, uh, Green Bay is actually one of those teams. Uh, again, like I said before, when I look at these start sets, I, I look at teams that are really good against one area and really bad against another. And and I try to pick my my start sets based on that. Green Bay is 
they don't give up many points to running backs. They're the ninth best team versus running back uh, fantasy point wise. But when you look at uh, them versus quarterbacks and tight ends, they're uh, 18th, which is, you know, bottom half of the league. And then they're right in the middle of the league against tight ends. So tough to beat Green Bay with uh, with your running backs. It's, and I don't know if that's a game script thing, if just because Green Bay scores points, a lot of teams can't run the ball against them. But either way, James Conner, he's been decent, but he only seems to really be a viable fantasy option when he scores touchdowns. He doesn't get hardly any targets. I think he has five targets in seven games total on the entire year. So he's not really helping you, you know, catching passes out of the backfield and his best game all season. He scored just under 21 fantasy points and that's because he had two touchdowns. So I'm not going to be, you know, you're not going to be able to predict two touchdowns for a guy, any game, especially not a game against green Bay. So for me, uh, I just, you know, I would much rather find another option than James Conner for for this week against the Packers. We just did QBs. We're talking running backs. Let's move to wide receiver. I think right now, uh, for me, uh, you saw him get involved uh, on Thursday night for an offense that is heavily run-based, but this player you know as a PPR darling. He's, you know, we talk about a Jamison Crowder, and we talk about this player who for years in Miami, and then he has done it as well in Cleveland. He's coming off some injuries. I love me some Jarvis Landry versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, right now, they're number 29 against the wide receiver. Uh, and I think that just the PPR, the volume, the, the catches, Pittsburgh uh, is a little bit more suited to stop the run. But you do start to see some names pop up. And, and I think that Case Keenum will probably be your starter again. He's going to look for a sure-handed veteran people that he can trust. I mean, you did see a little bit of a it was it was a weird game Thursday night and a quick throw in, but I think you're going to see him look to to a player of that nature, pepper him with targets for moving the football, getting the first downs. Uh, Jarvis Landry strikes me as being a solid RB two for this week. Uh, he did hobble off there for a minute, but they said he's fine. It was just kind of getting his legs back under him and and normal NFL stuff. Uh, I definitely would start Jarvis Landry this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nice, chunky division game as well. Um, just to see some action like that, I think you're going to get back involved with him and he'll be the the Jarvis of old uh, before you know it. My start of the week wide receiver is uh, Cortland Sutton for the Denver Broncos going up against that Washington football team. They're the second worst team to fantasy wide receivers. They actually give up the most fantasy points per game to the QB and the second most to the wide receiver. The way to beat the Washington football team this year seems to be uh, throwing the ball, which is kind of crazy because it's coming into the season. I, I know I thought, and I, I think most people in the fantasy uh, community kind of thought that Washington was going to have a really good defense. That does not seem to be the case. And they're the place that they're really getting beat is in the air. Sutton happens to be in the top five in air yards per game. And, uh, that's exactly how Washington gets beat a majority of the time is with the, with the deep ball. So I really like Sutton. He, he's got a real good shot at going over 100 yards and possibly catching a touchdown this week uh, against Washington in a game that could be could be a sneaky shootout. I think, you know, crazily enough, you, you would saw this game on the schedule preseason and thought super low scoring. But I think this one actually has a shot to uh, to crack 50. So I'm going to Cortland Sutton this week. 
As far as who I'm not playing this week, um, and again, this leads back to if you follow the the path that we set out here, we're going to sit Mac Jones. We're going to start Harris because of game script. I feel like the Chargers are probably going to look to take Jacoby Myers out of the game as far as any option for Mac Jones. Uh, it's you know they have a couple, if you want to call it weapons. We talked Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith is there. You see Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, players like that 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 are around. But at the end of the day, Myers has been his most targeted, his his go to guy, and you know they may run a little little razzle dazzle, a little little trick play here or there where you know it does the end around pass. But I think that the Chargers are going to do their utmost to take him away, uh, just take away that one comfort zone for for Jones when he does drop back. And I think yes, the game script, like Pat, you were saying earlier with Harris, they're going to try to pound the football and keep it away. You know, uh, may find a matchup here or there in the field, boom, moving them around in zones, but. Yeah, I mean, his last few weeks of, of getting those double digits and points and, and you know, multiple targets, I think this week will be a little bit quiet for Jacoby Myers. Don't really like him. The Chargers are number one against the wide receiver. So, again, start him with caution. Don't expect a lot. Again, somebody else might boom as a big play for the Patriots, but it's not going to be Myers, not this week. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I was, was actually contemplating making him my sit as well, but I didn't want to take too many players from that same New England game. So I'm glad you brought him up. Who you got, pal? Who's sitting? Not so Cleveland we, Sutton. We know he's not <laughs> never, never. Yeah. He's a he's a start every week. Um, no, I'm gonna sit. Uh, you know, a guy that we just talked about picking up, Khalif Raymond for Detroit versus Philadelphia. Uh, again, I, I, you know, maybe it's because I had a little success with the Henry Ruggs call last week, uh, but I am sticking with Philadelphia. They, uh, again, they haven't looked good. Uh, we know this as Eagles fans, but. Uh, against the pass, they're not giving up a lot of points against the pass. It's that they're getting beat on the ground and Detroit has two really good running backs. And again, you know, hopefully coaches in the NFL, Dan Campbell are smart enough to figure out you need to attack a team at their weakest point. And Philly's weakest point has been their run stopping on defense. And, uh, you know, I, I see big weeks for Swift and for, for Jamal Williams this week. And I just am not really feeling the wide receiver position for Detroit. And so you can pick up Khalif Raymond, but I would, I would hesitate starting him this week against Philadelphia. Moving on to tight ends. I feel like this week, uh, I know Pat, you brought him up as far as a pickup and I'm going to pick up where you left off with Evan Ingram. Um, he's going up against the Kansas city chiefs who are 28th against the tight end and are like 2,000th against every other team. Their defense is horrible. Um, you see Daniel Jones, uh, who looked, uh, you know, we, we talked about him all season long. And I mean, he came back from his injury, thank goodness, real quick. You know, he's been a, a solid fantasy tight end and their contributions to uh, getting people involved in the offense. And with all the, the moving parts of people being hurt, we talked, you know, hey, Dante Pettis, uh, Kadarius Tony's. Uh, the running game's been all, all crazy. Devontae Booker's getting involved now because Barkley's still out and yada, yada. Ingram was a guy who I, I've never been high on, but you're starting to see him just become that guy in the offense uh, little by little, week to week. Overall, you know, he's getting about six targets a game. To me, I think he's definitely going to be uh, a factor. And, and obviously, when it comes to the Chiefs, they're scrambling right now uh, on defense. They really can't stop anybody. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones could be a QB top five QB in fantasy this week. Uh, that whole offense may have their their game. They could lose the game, the Giants, but but I don't see Kansas City doing anything to stop them. How about yourself, sir? Where are you going, tight ends? 
Well, I really like, uh, you know, we talked about Van Jefferson and, you know, his involvement in the offense in L.A. A guy who's tied with him in targets for the year is their tight end, Tyler Higby, uh, going up against the Houston Texans this week. Houston is the fourth worst team versus the tight end. And like I said, Higby is obviously that, you know, the way the numbers shake out, he's he's the third option or, or tied for the third option on the team behind Cup and Woods. And, you know, like you said, Woods is a guy who, you know, he's still involved in their offense, but teams are eventually going to have to focus on stopping Cooper Cup. I'm not saying that the Houston Texans are equipped to stop Cooper Cup. But what I am saying is uh, the more attention that gets focused on that, the more these other guys like Woods and Higby and Van Jefferson will turn their time in the sun. So I think against Houston, as bad as they are against the tight end, uh, I could definitely see Tyler Higby having a few catches and decent amount of yards and and maybe getting into the end zone against Houston. So uh, if, if given the option, I would definitely start Tyler Higby this week against the Texans. Who's going to sit for me? Well, I, I, I know some, again, this is, it's not the, the Jamar Chase call, but uh, this week I'm going to say maybe not sit, but definitely fade expectations on Mike Gesicki. They're going up against Buffalo this week. Buffalo's seventh against the tight end. I feel like some of that game script is going to come back around between him and Tua, where they have a nice rapport. I think he's going to be a lot more involved as a blocker this week. I think he's going to have to help him pass protection. I think they're going to try to run the football a little bit to try to keep the ball out of. Josh Allen's hands. You're starting to see Jalen Waddle pick up a lot more of the targets. Gesicki, yes, he is right now in our league. He is the third tight end in the league. Now, again, I'm not saying that you bench him in a sit sense, but I think it's more of a fade of his ability where, you know, he's been putting up some some monster numbers, making some big plays, put up back-to-back weeks of 21 and a half points. Now he's done that against Jacksonville and Atlanta. Pat, I think you or I could probably put up 21 points at tight end against Jacksonville or Atlanta, or at least, you know, make the mains and, and call it, you know, at least one of those weeks. But when you look back at when he played against the Buffalo Bills the first time around, and that was a, you know, a rough game, second game of the season, uh, he was only at around seven points. Uh, this strikes me as another week where, again, Buffalo is really good at taking away weapons on defense. Uh, and they're coming off a bye week. They're going to have a lot of time to game plan this. And, and I think he's a guy that they're going to look to take out more than anybody else in that offense. So I think Mike Gesicki, if you can find a better option matchup-wise, yes. If you're going to start him, just don't start him with confidence. I don't see him putting up his 21.5 points. I think he's single digits. I think he's probably outside the top 10 at tight end this week. For me, I'm going to go with Jared Cook this week. I'm sticking with that New England Chargers game. Sometimes I just get a feel on a, on how a game is going to go. And and for whatever reason, I, I, I feel like, and maybe it's because the Chargers were uh, sort of shut down the last time they played against the Ravens. I feel like New England is going to learn from that game plan and try to do the same things that Baltimore did to the Chargers, which is control the clock, run the ball and really sort of take the ball out of LA's hands uh, as far as out of their offense's hands. So I don't really like any options for the Chargers this week. I don't want to say like any options. I'm still going to start, you know, my my Austin Ecklers and uh, Mike Williams and and Keenan Allens, those guys, you know, they're, they're staples of that team's offense. I'm not benching any of those guys, but as far as Jared Cook goes, I can see the Patriots just, sort of trying to make this as low scoring of a game as possible. And, 
you know, obviously there's not enough balls to go around for everyone on the team. And I think Jared Cook is the odd man out. Unfortunately for him, I just I just don't see a big week uh, from him. And speaking of trying to beat a defense, uh, I have a defense that I don't think is going to be beat this week. I feel like the Detroit Lions are and I hate I really, 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 really hate to say it. They're going to pick up the first win this week. And part of that is going to maybe be on the back of their defense against a predictable offense. Uh, They're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are like middle of the road against defenses um, as far as, you know, giving up or, or, or allowing points to defenses. Detroit's defense really has been their Achilles heel. But I mean, I, I just this is a little bit more of going with my gut and knowing what the birds are capable of on, on you know, as far as offenses go. The, the Lions can get to the quarterback. They have 14 sacks. Uh, they haven't made a ton of plays in the secondary. Well, that's fine because the Eagles really don't aren't efficient at passing the football. You know, that's obviously a big part of the the NFL nowadays. They do give up points. Yes, uh, the Eagles have trouble scoring points until the fourth quarter. So it's going to be, uh, to me, it's going to be a very sloppy type of game. But I feel like when you pick up points in on your defense, I think, you know, you get those points with the sacks, the fumble recoveries, maybe a defensive score, you know, let alone anything on, you know, kick returns and stuff like that. This strikes me as a game where they get their one big game so far out of the season. Um, you know, Detroit has had a negative, but they did like they played Baltimore really tough and that was at home uh, and gave them every bit of a game. If it wasn't for Justin Tucker kicking, you know, hundred yards down a field for a field goal, but you know, they're losing these games and they're not putting up tons of points and they're, they're bleeding out uh, to me. They're going into a bye week which I think is their way. They're going to try to finish strong. That coach, Dan Campbell, people laughed at him, myself included. You know, he's, he's trying to get the most out of them. I know it sounds silly, but I like Detroit this week against Philly. How about yourself, sir? Where are you going for your start? Like I said, I tend to target the same teams when I do my starts and sits. And, you know, Cincinnati is one of those teams that you probably aren't starting every week. I mean, they looked really good against Baltimore this past week, which I'm sure nobody probably started them as good as Baltimore's offense has been. But next week, they get the New York Jets, who are dead last at giving up fantasy points to defenses, 11.2 fantasy points per week against them. They're giving up roughly three, three and a half sacks, almost two interceptions um, per game. And they obviously are one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. So, you know, again, they lost Zach Wilson for a few weeks with a PCL strain. And so... Mike White is going to take over at the quarterback position for the Jets, and I don't see that turning out very well at all. So uh, the way Cincinnati manhandled a division rival this past week, you know, unless this, you know, was one of those letdown games where they sort of take their foot off of the gas, I can see Cincinnati just completely destroying the Jets in week eight. Absolutely. Where are you what, going uh, with your with your sit for defense? I don't like, and again, there it's obviously maybe a little obvious based on the matchup, but I don't like uh, the New Orleans Saints. They're obviously going to be playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. New Orleans is a top six, seven, eight defense going into Monday Night Football, and again, they've they've put up points, decent amount of points throughout the season. They've not allowed a lot of points, which has been one of their calling cards as far as that goes. They're actually right now, again, going into Monday night and coming off a bye, but they're one of the best ones out there. I just feel like that 
Obviously, again, it's Tampa Bay. I think this is a divisional game. This is a shootout. This is Tom Brady going in there and carving him up a little bit uh, and doing what he needs to do to try to get the W. Uh, I would I would temper my expectations, and I'm sure that most of us nowadays are streaming defenses, uh, unless against unless you have a, a Buffalo, a Tampa, and Arizona. So at this rate, stream your defense. Find somebody better. There's tons of great matchups out there. We just talked about two of them with uh, – Detroit and, and Cincinnati. You don't want to get involved with New Orleans Saints. And, and apologies, I'm, I'm just looking here. The New York Jets are trading a conditional sixth-round pick to the Eagles for Joe Flacco. So they're getting Joe Flacco back because of Mike White and Zach Wilson being out. Flacco knows the team a little bit. And that now moves Gardner Minshew up the food chain on the Eagles. So that was a it was a wise move back in the day. The Eagles get out from underneath that Joe Flacco debacle of, you know, whether or not, I guess it means Hertz is a little bit more your starter for the season too. Uh, so maybe, you know, unless you get a little Minshew magic coming through a lot of interesting stuff with that. What do you think Pat? Well, I want to change my, my start of the week at defense. Now I'm not starting Cincinnati against Joe Flacco. He kills Cincinnati every time he had a chance back in 2005 or whenever the last time it was. Yeah. So I think we were leaning towards uh, your sit of the week. Apologies that I. Uh, That's okay. I, 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 hey, any anytime you interrupt with some Joe Flacco news is I'm, I'm cool with that. So breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> we need a little. We need a. We need like a little sounder for that. Anyway, um, so speaking of defenses that you start every week, I'm actually going to be sitting one this week in the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they're going. Up against Green Bay, again, we talked about this game. It's a Thursday night game. Now, Arizona is at home, uh, you know, which is a little bit of an advantage to the defense because your your home crowd is a little bit louder when the other team has the ball and things like that. But the Packers are so good, and Aaron Rodgers is so surgical when it comes to, you know, silent counts and, and you know, all that stuff. So the Packers, they've only turned the ball over six times uh, all, all year, uh, which is one of the – you know, they're top five in, in offensive turnovers. And they're one of the top 12 scoring teams in the league, which is actually low for the Packers. They were number one overall last year. And I think that as they start to, you know, sort of get into these middle of the year games, this is when the Packers tend to sort of hit their stride and, and pick things up. And they're going to need to do that in order to compete against the 7-0 and Cardinals and their high-powered offense. This game, again, has... Uh, a 53 point over under just like the just like the Dallas and Minnesota game so for me I'm just I don't want a part of any defenses with super high over unders because generally in those games points are being scored yards are being had and um you know in high scoring games obviously there's not a lot of turnover so uh, I would just you know find a better spot than the Cardinals uh, at least for this week against the Packers you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to walk in there and, and just figure out a way to carve you up. Um, you know, Devontae Adams currently on COVID-19 list, but that could just be precaution. And it's beginning of the week. Uh, see how things go down the road. But even without him in the offense, uh, it's still Aaron Rodgers and he still has plenty of weapons uh, on that team to to keep that defense honest and, and put up some points. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, well, a lot of a lot of interesting tidbits, including the update on the, the Flacco trade. So for those of you out there, uh, next week we'll add him to the waiver wire probably, right? <laughs> uh, so going out of week seven, you got a Monday night matchup, New Orleans, Seattle, and then we're going into week eight. Baltimore and the Raiders are on the bye. 
we just gave you some waiver wire pickups and, and thoughts to put in your head. And then our starts and sits for the week. Um, folks, we're, we're really having a blast doing this. Again, it's actually making us probably even better at fantasy football, just digging in as deep as we are to try to pick out the stats and look at the trends and and things of that nature. And that's you know part of the reason we're here. Uh, we only we want to make you better, but we want to be better enough in our own leagues to to try to win and go with what we're talking about. Just having a blast, Pat. How about you? Yeah, man. I think this was uh, you know as as difficult as it is sometimes to find the time to do the research and and you know find a time to record and things like that. It it definitely is making me a much better fantasy football player. And uh, like you said, hopefully we're doing the same for, for some people out there. So uh, we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, any start sits, um, I know I have had some, some people reach out to me for start sits uh, this weekend and, and previously. So if you have any start sits, feel free, you know, hit us up on our Twitter. We are at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. We also have our email which is the nine route FFB at gmail.com. You can send any starts with questions that you have there. And like I said, we'll get back to you with, uh, you know, the best answers we can as, as quickly as possible. And, uh, you know, so far at the start sits that at least the people that, I, that have been, you know, calling and texting and asking me, which, you know, are, are friends of mine or, or what have you, uh, I haven't gotten any of those wrong yet. So maybe I should just wait and, and see who, who asked a question and make that person my start sit for the week. Cause those, I think I'm like four for four on those calls. So, uh, but if you do have any questions, hit us up and, uh, thanks for listening and we will catch you again next week. Yeah, folks, we'll see you next week. And remember, put it on your uh, put it on your notes. Cortland Sutton is a must add in every <laughs> league. So just make sure you have that, folks. A must uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, must <laughs> trade. Give up first round quality. First round quality, right there, Cortland Sutton. Uh, folks, have a great week. Good luck to everybody out there. We'll see you going into week nine. Peace.